You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Wise guys. Wise guys. Tracy Larkins. Chris Mitchell. Tracy Larkins. Chris Mitchell. These guys know sports. Wise guys. These guys know sports. Wise guys. Wise guys. Tracy Larkins. Chris Mitchell. These guys know sports. And welcome to Wise Guys. These guys know sports live here on the Worldwide Sports Network on this Thursday, December the 9th. Everybody remember, go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. You in the house with Trey Larkins. I got an action jam-packed show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm happy to be here on a Thursday, a week before, I mean, a day, I'm sorry, before the weekend. Got some nice football matchups in the NFL this upcoming weekend. We got the 49ers and the Bengals here in Cincinnati at Paul Brown Stadium. I'm going to bring on my man, Christian Bradley. He's a diehard 49ers fan. We're going to break down the 49ers and Bengals matchup, two teams in wild card spots in the AFC and the NFC. Big time matchup at Paul Brown on Sunday. Also, we got the Monday night matchup between the Rams and Arizona Cardinals. So that's going to be a big-time matchup as well. And then in Tampa, we got Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills Sunday afternoon in Tampa Bay. So that's going to be a good matchup as well. I'm also possibly going to bring on my man, Brian Westbrook, former host of Wise Guys, diehard Bengals fan as well. He will come on and debate with Christian Bradley, and they're going to talk about the game with myself, yours truly. Mr. Larkin. So got an action jam-packed show that my wise picks for NFL week 14. So great show ahead. But I have to begin in the NFL and talk about the matchup tonight as we got the Thursday night matchup between the 6-5-1 Pittsburgh Steelers and the 5-7 and seven Minnesota Vikings. It's 8.20 p.m. start at U.S. Bank Stadium. Adam Thielen is out of this game with an ankle injury. Dalvin Cook, it is reported that he will play tonight. So that's a big-time addition for the Minnesota Vikings, their best player, honestly, offensively, that they're going to need to be able to win this game. So as I look at this game, one thing, before I preview the game, I want to say I thought the Baltimore Ravens did, you know, something for the – Pittsburgh Steelers in their matchup Sunday afternoon in Pittsburgh that I don't think people were really paying attention to. I thought they did them a favor by going for that two-point conversion and trying to win the game, not only because, not only given the fact that they missed the two-point conversion, so the Pittsburgh Steelers were able to win the game, but I thought because the Steelers were on a short week and we know it's a quick turnaround between Sunday and Thursday and in the NFL, those are tough turnarounds for teams when they're trying to compete for playoff spots. I thought the Ravens and John Harbaugh did Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers a favor by going for that two-point conversion because they would have kicked the extra point. It would have been tied at 20 apiece, and more than likely that game on Sunday in Pittsburgh would have went to overtime. So I thought Harbaugh did Mike Tomlin a favor without even knowing so, and it allowed the Pittsburgh Steelers to only play a four-quarter game 
instead of a five-quarter game in overtime. And there's no telling how long that battle between the Ravens and the Steelers would have went on in Pittsburgh. So I thought that was something that I noticed that the Ravens helped the Steelers out in that way. Um, and so now the Steelers, short week, 6-5-1 and one on the season. They need a win tonight. They definitely need a win to keep their playoff hopes alive. And I believe, honestly, although the Steelers were able to beat the Baltimore Ravens, I still believe the Pittsburgh Steelers are not contenders in the AFC. They're not Super Bowl contenders. They're not playoff contenders either. I think the Ravens let the Steelers off the hook Sunday because I thought the Steelers in the first three quarters of the game had trouble being able to move the football. And I thought the Ravens let them off the hook because there were multiple opportunities for the Ravens to take control over that game and go up two touchdowns, go up maybe even 17 points. And for whatever reason, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens could not capitalize off of the Steelers' struggles offensively in the first three quarters. You look at this game, in the first three quarters, the Pittsburgh Steelers only had three points on the board. They didn't even get into the end zone until the fourth quarter. So I thought Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens offensively, they let the Steelers off the hook because they weren't able to get into the end zone and have a major gap in the game. Because I think if the Ravens go up two touchdowns or go up 17 points in that game, I think the Ravens would have won that game. I don't think Roethlisberger was going to be able to bring back the Steelers because I don't think Roethlisberger is capable of making a comeback in games anymore. I think in order for the Pittsburgh Steelers to win games, they have to one, play with the lead so they can hand the ball off to Najee Harris to move the football effectively and play great defense. If you get behind on the scoreboard, I think that is where the Steelers struggle and you put Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger in the position where they're playing from behind. And I don't think this is the kind of team that can play from behind and win football games. This is not the Green Bay Packers. This is not the LA Rams. This is not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Roethlisberger at this point in his career is washed. I said it on last week's show. After watching his performance against the Cincinnati Bengals, I said Ben Roethlisberger is washed and it's time for him to retire. And I think Mike Tomlin and general manager Kevin Colbert need to do their due diligence and figure out who's going to be their starting quarterback for next season and for future seasons to come. Because it damn sure ain't Mason Rudolph. I'm going to tell you right now, it ain't Mason Rudolph and it ain't Dwayne Haskins. So I think they gave Roethlisberger an extra year, more so because of emotion and being tied to Roethlisberger for so many years. And they just wanted him to have one last season playing in the black and gold. But I believe that is why the Pittsburgh Steelers is struggling this year because Roethlisberger is not the kind of quarterback at this point in his career who can win you a Super Bowl. Like in a playoff matchup, I'm going to name some quarterbacks, right? And I'm going to say Big Roethlisberger or such quarterback. Big Big Roethlisberger or Josh Allen. I'll take Josh Allen. Ben Roethlisberger, Patrick Mahomes. We know the answer to that. Ben Roethlisberger, Lamar Jackson. We know the answer to that. Ben Roethlisberger, Justin Herbert. I'll take Justin Herbert. Although Roethlisberger has the experience and he's one of the most clutch quarterbacks in NFL history, right now, Justin Herbert 
is a by far superior quarterback over Roethlisberger. Okay, Roethlisberger or Joe Burrow? Give me Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow plays big in big time games. We saw Joe Burrow at LSU win a national championship, also won a Heisman Trophy. Uh, like, I mean, he completed over 70% of his passes in his last year. LSU had over 50 touchdowns, I believe. Like, he was completely dominant in his last season at LSU. So I would take Joe Burrow right now over Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, Matt Jones or Roethlisberger? Maybe I'll take Roethlisberger over Matt Jones because I think Matt Jones is a game manager and he's still learning. But it's close. Like, it, it's not a significant gap between Roethlisberger and Mac Jones. I mean, I, I just don't think Roethlisberger is a quarterback you can still win a Super Bowl with. And I just named all the quarterbacks who are going to be playing in the playoffs in the AFC. And only Mac Jones is the quarterback who I believe you can definitively say that's better than Ben Roethlisberger. So I just think the Baltimore Ravens let the Steelers off the hook in their week 13 matchup. I thought if Lamar Jackson... If he was able to get the Ravens into the end zone, go up two scores or go up 17 points, 20 points, those Pittsburgh Steelers were not going to come back from that type of deficit. That's just not how this team is built. They are a team that is built to play with the lead, and they have to run the football with Najee Harris, who is their best offensive player, and be able to chew away at the clock, you know, have the clock run down, and play great defense. So I thought the Ravens let them off the hook. I still don't believe in this Steelers team. I think this Steelers team will finish. And, and, I, and I said a few days ago on the show, I said, I think the Steelers are going to finish like 8-8-1. Eight, eight and one. And I don't think 8-8-1 eight, eight and one gets you into the postseason. If they lose tonight to the Minnesota Vikings, they can kiss the playoffs goodbye. They got to beat the Minnesota Vikings tonight. If Steelers Nation want to have any opportunity or chance to make the playoffs, they got to beat the Minnesota Vikings tonight. It has to happen. So I think, you know, tonight is a big, big game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It really, really is. And also, when I look at this defense, this is not the same defense from years past. Like, they give up 382 total yards per game. That's ranked 26th right now in the NFL. They give up 131 rushing yards per game. That's ranked 27th right now. In the NFL, they give up 24 points per game, which is 21st right now in the NFL. So defensively, the Pittsburgh Steelers are not the same team from the past. And, you know, I'm, when I'm looking at think about the Pittsburgh Steelers and their perception of them defensively, I've always thought of them as being a top-notch defense who can play some very, very physical football. I mean, me and Joe Green was on this defense. I mean, you had Troy Palumalu. Uh, I mean, they had players who made plays on their defense. James Harrison, you know, he was dominant when the Steelers won the Super Bowl over the Arizona Cardinals. So I think about this Pittsburgh Steelers team and how physical they have been on the defensive side of the ball in previous years. This is not the same Pittsburgh Steelers team. And it's a shame because I believe in Mike Tomlin as head coach. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing record since he's been the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not one year has Mike Tomlin had a losing record. So when you talk about best coaches in the NFL, Bill Belichick, Sean Payton, you know, 
Pete Carroll, or even though the even though the Seattle Seahawks are struggling this year, these are coaches who are proven. Mike Tomlin deserves to be in that same conversation. And right now, this defense isn't very good. And you can run on them, you can throw on them, and teams are scoring over 20 points per game on this Pittsburgh Steelers defense. You know, I like Mika Fitzpatrick. I like Cameron Hayward up front. I like Watt. But other than those three, there are no impact players on this Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings for a bit. Minnesota Vikings, they're five and seven on the season. I think the Minnesota Vikings have a high-powered offense when they're healthy. I'm talking about two elite receivers in Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. I think that's a dynamic duo at the receiver position. Two great weapons for Kirk Cousins to throw the ball to. And then in the backfield, you got Dalvin Cook, who they're going to get back for tonight's game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think in order for this Minnesota Vikings offense to flourish, they need Dalvin Cook playing at an elite level. And I think that's the key for the Minnesota Vikings. You want to run the football with Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. Now, I know Kirk Cousins is having a great season. I mean, on the season, Kirk Cousins, he has 25 touchdowns, three interceptions. He has over 3,500 passing yards. He's completing 68% of his passes. He is a dark horse for NFL MVP honors. Yes, I said Kirk Cousins is a dark horse for NFL MVP. He has been playing some great football this year. And his touchdown to interception ratio is absolutely sensational. But make no mistake about it, in order for this Minnesota Vikings team to flourish, they need Dalvin Cook to play at an elite level at the running back position. On the season, Dalvin Cook got 773 rushing yards. He's averaging over four yards per carry, four touchdowns, 171 total carries for the season. He's missed the last few weeks uh, with an injury. Uh, he got injured in the 49ers game, November 28th. So for him to only miss one game, and that was against the Detroit Lions last week, I think that's key for the Minnesota Vikings if they want to go on a playoff run. They're going to need Dalvin Cook to be in the lineup because he helps their offense move the football down the field. Because once Dalvin Cook gets it going, you have to bring eight, nine in the box, and that opens up the passing game for Kirk Cousins to get the ball down the field to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, although Adam Thielen is out for tonight's game. I also believe this Minnesota Vikings team, you know, has underachieved the last few years. And I think you can make a legitimate argument that Mike Zimmer, his job is in jeopardy because for them to lose last week to the Detroit Lions, I mean, we're talking about the Detroit Lions, okay? They were on the verge of going 0-17-1 because they got the tie in week 10 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But this is a Detroit Lions team that is the worst team in the National Football League. And for the Minnesota Vikings to go to Detroit and lay an egg against this Detroit Lions team, it's awful. It's awful. And someone has to answer for that. I believe it's Mike Zimmer. So if this Minnesota Vikings team don't make the playoffs, I think there's a chance that the Minnesota Vikings fan base are going to be asking, what are we doing here? Can Mike Zimmer lead us to the playoffs and to a Super Bowl? Because so far, he has not gotten it done. I mean, 
he has a good coaching record since he's been the head coach at Minnesota, right? He has a 69 and 54 and one career record as a head coach for the Minnesota Vikings. He's won 56% of his games. But when I look at this Minnesota Vikings team, they are the true definition of an inconsistent football team. They are just like the LA Chargers. They're the NFC version of the LA Chargers. That's the Minnesota Vikings. They beat the Green Bay Packers a few weeks ago in week 11. And then you go on to lose two straight. I mean, you go on to lose to the Detroit Lions. And then they end up, they lost also to the San Francisco 49ers. So they are so inconsistent. And I believe you got to look at their head coach and Mike Zimmer as being a part of the reason why they are inconsistent the way they are. I mean, and then you look at their defense, right? Defensively, they give up over 400 yards per game. That's ranked 30th in the NFL. Then they give up over 250 passing yards. That's ranked 23rd in the NFL. They give up over 25 points per game. That's ranked 25th in the NFL. Mike Zimmer, your signature is supposed to be defense. Why are the Minnesota Vikings struggling defensively the way that they are? You would think the Minnesota Vikings would be a better team defensively because they're led by a great defensive coach in Mike Zimmer. That's his signature. I'm a believer in whatever your signature is, your team needs to excel in that department. So the Steelers defensively, they should be better with Mike Tomlin. The Patriots, they have one of the best defensive teams in the NFL under Bill Belichick. You would think the Minnesota Vikings would be better on the defensive side of the ball, given the fact that they are led by Mike Zimmer. So I think the Minnesota Vikings down the stretch, you know, if they don't get into the playoffs and make some noise, I think it's a great possibility that Mike Zimmer could lose his job and the Minnesota Vikings are going to be searching for a new head coach next season. They're five and seven on the year. They got the Steelers at home tonight. They're at Chicago for week 15, home against the Rams week 16, at Green Bay week 17, home against the Bears week 18. They're five and seven. In order for the Vikings to get into the playoffs, I think they're going to have to finish nine and really honestly 10 and seven. I don't even think they have any more room for error. They can't lose another game. And they could easily lose tonight to the Steelers. They could easily lose week 16 home against the Rams. And they are definitely going to lose week 17 at Lambeau because my Packers, we're trying to compete for the number one overall seed in the NFC and have the road to the Super Bowl have to come through Lambeau Field. So I think in order for the Vikings to get in, they got to finish 10 and 7. Maybe 9 and 8 will get the Vikings in. Maybe. But if they lose three out of the next five, they're done. They're, they're done. They're five and seven now. If they finish eight and nine, they won't make the playoffs. You know, you know, seven and 10, no playoffs. So tonight for me, I'm going to roll with the Minnesota Vikings to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's going to be a close matchup in Minnesota tonight. I think Dalvin Cook will be the player of the game. I'm going to roll with Minnesota to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 24 21. It's going to be a close game, but I'm going to roll with the Minnesota Vikings to save their season and improve to six and seven on the season, heading into a critical week 15 matchup in Chicago next Monday night. Everybody remember going follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore H, also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys Instagram at These Guys No Sports. I want to welcome to the show my man. 
diehard 49ers fan, Mr. Christian Bradley. What's up, Christian? I'm good, brother. How are you? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. I've been wanting to get you on the show and talk some 49ers football and just overall football in general. I think you came on the show before, but you met with, with Clarence. I wasn't able to make the show uh, right. that particular time, but now I got you on the show. So let's get right to it, Christian. No 49ers. They, they are sitting right now at six and six on the season. They fresh off of a loss last week in week 12 to Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. So what went wrong for your Niners last week in Seattle, Christian? Turnovers. Turnovers. Can't turn the ball over. Special teams killed us. Um, we just did not play complimentary football. Um, the, the last three weeks, we played a, amazing football, complimentary football on both sides, on all three all three phases of the game. And that happened last week. I mean, we, you know, you um, you, st- you stop Seattle on, uh, you stop them on third, third and long, get them in the yeah. fourth situation, and they do a fake punt on their 20-yard line to go for yeah. a touchdown. A lot of people want to blame Jimmy Garoppolo for his turnovers, whatever else. We still were – I mean, Jimmy – I like Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's a good quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback, but he's a good quarterback. I agree. Um, I think he's a good quarterback. Um, however, you know, you can't – again, turn over, two turnovers, two interceptions he should not have thrown. Yeah. <laughs> um, looking at it, he, I mean, he shouldn't have thrown those two. And then you fumble the ball um, on a kickoff return, getting the ball back after halftime. Um, you know, so again, you can't have three, three or four turnovers against Seattle in Seattle with Russell Wilson. I don't care if they're three and eight or, or, or eight and three. We drive down 93 yards, four yard line, two runs, two throw, um, two passes, and, and then we had a wide open shirt field in the flat, and the ball yeah. gets back by, by since I had previously on the bingo, Carlos Dunlap of all people, right? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I mean, heartbreaking loss, but I really feel like my Niners are going to bounce back this week. Um, we got Debo Samuels back, Mr. Mr. All Everything. He's back this week. All Pro Fred Warner is back this week. Yeah. Um, we have some secondary issues. Josh Norman is just not the Josh Norman he was in, obviously, in Carolina or in, uh, in Washington. Uh, but he's serviceable. The, the rookies have to step up in secondary. We got a guy named um, Al Shees, um, Al Shahir, who's been really stepping up in line back before us. Um, I mean, this guy is all over the field. 16 tackles last week. Um, I think the interception against Minnesota before, I think 0.5 sacks last week. So, and then Nick yeah. Bosa, that's Nick Bosa. I mean, Nick yeah. Bosa come out off the ACL, 12 sacks. Joe Burrow would, run, would be running for his life. I, I yeah. really believe. Let's talk about George Kittle, because even though your Niners did lose to the Seahawks, Christian, I thought George Kittle had arguably his best game of the season. He had nine right. receptions for 181 receiving yards, two touchdowns. And I believe he's your best offensive player. Talk about how important George Kittle is for this 49ers offense. So in the blocking game, there, there's no one better. There, there's not a tight end better in the league to me when it comes to opening up holes. I mean, he pancakes two guys at a time. If you watch the yeah. highlights, you watch the film. This guy can just do it all, and he enjoys blocking. He enjoys pancaking people. He enjoys it because of the high level. And then he, then he shows you last week he can still be dominant in the passing game. I mean, he yeah. can still be dominant. He can still, um, you know, run you over. Still make a pick a five yard, five six yard out and make it. Think of eighty yards. Yeah. He can still make big plays. He can still be that go to guy for uh, for Jimmy G. But then, but then you add, you know, Debo, and you add Brandon Ayuk, and you add Elijah Mitchell, and you add, you know, um, some of the other complimentary players we have. You know, we're, we're, we're swinging on, we're, we're swinging full twelve. So to answer your question, he is very important to our offense. 
Um, I think he is our best overall, our best player overall on offense. Yeah. Um, Debo is having a phenomenal year, um, you know, doing what he does out the backfield also as a receiver. But George just makes everything happen. You have to account for him when he's on the field. He's, he's going to run. He's going to block the hell out of you. And then he's going to, then he's going to take a five or 10 yard out and take it to the house. And he, and he runs, he plays violently. And yeah. he enjoys playing violently. Um, I with contact. And I, I love George Kittle. I mean, I have, I love George Kittle. Love him to death. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to be honest though, too, Chris. And I remember two years ago, I think, I know you remember what game I'm talking about. Um, the Saints. Ago, you're not, yeah, your Niners were playing in New Orleans and yeah. Garoppolo was actually having one of the best games of his career. And yeah. You guys were trying to get into field goal range. He throws it in the flat to George Kittle. George Kittle literally was dragging two Saints defenders yeah. for like 10 yards. And yeah. so over the last few years, I believe there is people in the NFL that believe that Darren Waller is the best tight end. You know, Travis Kelsey could be the best tight end. I believe that George Kittle with this performance against the Seattle Seahawks having over 180 receiving yards and two touchdowns, I believe he put the NFL on notice. We're getting close to playoff time. I'm still one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Don't forget who I am. So George Kittle is big time. And this is my frustrating thing about about the media and about, like, just pundits and stuff, right? Like, people don't realize what efficiency, being efficient and also executing – does not get noticed. It's kind of like a basketball player who takes charges, right? A yeah. guy who things that don't show up in a, in a stat sheet. Um, George Kittle does everything not show up in the stat sheet. Um, that's why I think he's better than Travis Kelsey, better than Darren Waller, uh, because he does those other things. Like if you look at our, our statistics when he's playing on our run game, we average about 30 or 40 more yards a game yeah. when he's playing versus when he's not. So it kind of gives you an idea of how important he is to our run game, how important it is to our overall scheme, to what we do. Um, I mean, that play you talked about in regards to um, um, the Saints, that was fourth and three. Yeah. I, that was fourth and – I remember it like yesterday. It was fourth and three. Game on the line. Um, you know, with 30 seconds left in the game, yeah. and everybody in, the, everybody in the stadium knew who, who, who was going to get the ball. Yeah. And he he gets a fourth and three. Garoppolo throws, I think, a little, actually a little short. Drags people with them, getting the face mask, personal yeah. foul. So it kind of just shows you, you know, this guy has, I think, the record in tight end yards per season. Yeah. Um, broke, I mean, he broke the tight end yards, uh, per, I think, for uh, a game last week, um, you know, in a game we should have won. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm really excited about this game this week because, I mean, again, I there's nobody on the Bengals' defense to me that can yeah. attack, that, that account for – I know Logan, Logan, whatever, Logan Pierce or Logan, whatever, Wilson, whatever the boy's Wilson, name is. Wilson, yeah. I, I know he's, he's doing, he's doing okay, but there is nobody that can, that, that can account for that guy, you know what I'm saying, in a one-on-one or in a, or in a, or in a blocking game. So I'm really, really excited about this game this week. Let's talk about your quarterback, Christian. Jimmy G has 15 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Yeah. He, he has over 2,600 passing yards on the season. He's completed 67% of his passes. So how do you feel about Jimmy G's performance so far this season as your quarterback? I I, I like Jimmy Garoppolo. I do. Um, Is he inconsistent? Well, he's more consistent than inconsistent. Um, There are throws that I wish Jimmy would not throw. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not going to say a lot to you. It's times where he throws, I'm holding my breath and see what's going to happen. 
But yeah. the one the one statistic, and I always get into it with Niner fans, uh, uh, you know, and across the country on different pages I'm on, is they, they short leash with Jimmy. Start Trey, start Trey. He's not ready, A. And B, Jimmy Garoppolo is 30 and 13 before he's not a starter. 30 yeah. and 13. I don't care about defense. I don't care about running game. I don't care about scheme. You have to execute. And he does enough to execute. 30 and 13 is, is, is not an aberration. I, I mean, I, I don't – you have to execute. But Chris, you have to execute. I hear you. But I, honestly, when I think about the 49ers, I think about Cal Shanahan and how great okay. of a play caller he is. Then sure. I think about how great you are defensively. I think sure. about I think about George Kittle. Then sure. I think about Debo Samuel. I don't yeah. think about I don't think about Jimmy G until maybe like fifth, like as the fifth and key important piece for your Niners. I gotta be honest, Chris. I don't I don't okay. really look at Jimmy G as being the guy. Like I look at him as being okay. a game manager, and sure. you know, and that's that's just how I look at him. I never looked at him as being an elite quarterback, but you don't have to be an elite quarterback to win a Super Bowl. So 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 let me kind of push back on that real quick. So okay. Kyle Shanahan is seven and twenty-seven when Jimmy Garoppolo is not his quarterback. He's seven yeah. and twenty-seven. That's with Brian Hoyer. That's with Nick Mullins. That's with um, um, CJ Beathard and yeah. any other guy you want to. And Trey Lance is zero one this year as well. So I get that he ain't the guy. I get that he ain't the guy. He ain't, I get it. But again, the, the, the stat that, that, that I subscribe to is winning. And right. I, I will say this. If Jimmy Garoppolo makes that throw in the fourth quarter Super Bowl, we're having a whole other conversation. If he doesn't overthrow Emmanuel Sanders by five yards, we're having a different conversation about Jimmy Garoppolo. The reason why Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance was drafted and we moved up, we moved up because of injury, availability, not ability. Nobody yeah. questions his availability. I mean, his ability. Question yeah. his availability. Um, right. And I really feel like that, yeah, Jimmy makes some bonehead decisions. I honestly think that Jimmy has held, has done a really good job this year, despite the pressure, despite yeah. the national and the obviously regional pressure of people in the Bay getting him yanked to put in Trey Lance, who has yeah. played one year of college football um, at a high level in a Division One A Double A school. He's not ready. He was he was drafted to be developed. So I think Jimmy gives the best chance to win. I think we'll run the table. I think we will. I think we will beat the Bengals on Sunday. I think we're going to go at least eleven and six, ten and seven, and get a seventh or sixth seed. And I think once you get in the tournament, I honestly think this team can be the 2012 Giants that beat my Niners in the NFC Championship game because Kyle Williams fumbled twice. But that's one of the conversation, um, and it, it, it end up beating the, the Patriots. Um, with the Manningham catch and all that in 2012, I really or 2011, I really feel like this team can make a run. Or, or, or you know, I really, I really feel we can make, we, we can healthy at the right time, yeah. get guys back. I think we can make a run. And I, and I honestly, Christian, thinking it back to that Super Bowl, if Jimmy G completes that pass to Emmanuel Sanders, imagine how different the narrative would have been. Because exactly, he, the Niners would have went on to win the game. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes would have never had a Super Bowl. He would have never right. had a Super Bowl. Right. And I don't believe Kyle Shanahan and um, Lynch would have drafted Trey Lance. I think they would Agreed. have been a good team around Garoppolo for many years to come. So I agree that if he hits Emmanuel Sanders in stride, the Niners go on to win the Super Bowl, I believe, today in yes. 2021. In this season, it would be a completely yes. different narrative moving forward with the 49ers and Jimmy G career Agreed. overall. Agreed. Agree. It's, it's a different conversation. 
Yeah. It's a, it's a conversation. And, and, and that's, and that's, I've said that for the past two years, you know, um, Jimmy was actually out playing Mahomes up until the fourth quarter. Um, and yeah. I'm telling you, it was two batted balls in the fourth quarter, one to George Kittle, one to Sanders, that George Kittle was wide open. And I mean, with real estate, if, he, if, <laughs> yeah. if those balls are not, if those balls are not batted down, he yeah. had a whole convoy of people in front of him with block. I mean, it was, it was going to be a touchdown into the game. So, you know, if, if, you know, if it was a fifth, we all be drunk, right? So revisionist yeah. history, we can all talk about revisionist history, but I, I really feel like it's interesting how one play can turn your career to a different level. Yeah, one play, and then you're injured, and then you're injured, and then Jimmy makes the sit bad decisions. I mean, I, the, the two picks he made on Sunday, I'm like, dude, why'd you throw it there? Like the, yeah. the, the second one, if he waited to the waited to the clear out to the left, he had a guy. I think I think he was well over to the left. I don't know where he was going with the ball to Kittle. So it's things like that that is like my like scratch your head, like what are you doing? But then he'll make a man. He'll, then he'll make big boy throws that last drive. I mean, the drive against your Packers, the, the, the yeah. last drive was you score. He, if you, he made big boy throws that whole final drive when we scored with 30 seconds left and then Aaron Rodgers went Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah. I mean, there's stuff like that that drives me bonkers with him. It's like, dude, or he made the, or the two throws he made against the Rams in 30-16 two years ago. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's those throws. It's like he'll make these, these amazing clutch throws, but then he'll make these errant – Others like, man, what are you like? Come on, can we get good Jimmy all the time? <laughs> like, yeah. what's going on? Right. So. And, and to your point, Christian, in the Super Bowl, I thought you guys did a great job containing Patrick Mahomes. In the Absolutely. Super Bowl, he was struggling the first three quarters, yeah. and he had he threw two interceptions for the game. So I thought defensive coordinator Robert Sala and that defensive unit for the 49ers, they did a hell of a job against Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. But like you said, in the fourth quarter, Mahomes he outplayed. Jimmy Garoppolo, and that was the, the last, the last eight minutes, the last eight minutes, actually, the last eight minutes, actually. Yeah. Which yeah. makes it even worse to me. <laughs> the last eight minutes. Absolutely. So, for sure. Yeah. Christian, I'm going to, I'm going to keep you on and we're going to talk some more football after Brian come on. I'm going to bring Brian on. We're going to talk with him as well. Hold on for sure. a second. Yeah. I want to welcome to the show, former co-host of the Wise Guys Sports Show, my big brother, Brian Westbrook. What's up, B. West? What's going on, yeah? This Christian Bradley B. West, uh, he a diehard 49ers fan. So this weekend, you know, we got the big time matchup. We got the six and six 49ers traveling to Cincinnati to take on your Cincinnati Bengals, who are seven and five. Two teams who both are the wild card teams right now in the AFC and the NFC, respectively. So I want to bring y'all both on so we can debate and talk about who's going to win this game. So I want to hear from you, B. West. Like, what's some of the keys? that you're looking forward to in this game for your Bengals to be able to pull out the win over the 49ers Sunday? Um, some of the keys will probably be uh, consistency um, offensively, uh, not starting out slow, getting to a fast pace, uh, you know, establishing the run game, trying to get, trying to be bullies like they did in the Pittsburgh game and then yeah. open up the uh, run game, not force too much. And uh, defensively just, uh, it's not make mistakes. I get lackadaisical. Uh, they sometimes I just feel like we play too much soft coverage. Yeah, I and mean, we give up. We give up a lot of underneath stuff. But you know, you can't let Debo and guys like him just and Kittle, you know, get going too early. Try to you know keep them under wraps, and then hopefully we can get a victory. Yeah, we were just talking about George Kittle because George Kittle in week 
13 against the Seahawks. He had nine receptions, over 180 receiving yards. So I agree with you. A key for the Bengals defensively is going to be to contain George Kittle. And you know George Kittle is that, you know, security blanket for Jimmy Garoppolo. When he gets in trouble, he's looking for Kittle. Uh, I'm not sure if Debo Samuel is going to play in this game. Christian, is Debo going to play in this game? He's playing practice today. He's playing. Okay. And I think he a key as well, uh, Christian and B. West. He a key for that 49ers offense. Debo, I thought in the Monday night matchup against the Rams, uh, he was dominant. Uh, I thought he was the best receiver on the field. Not Odell, you know, like not Cooper Cup. I thought it was Debo Samuel. So um, I agree with you about how um, it's going to be important for your, the Bengals defense to uh, try to contain George Kittle. I thought y'all struggled against George, Justin Herbert last week, though, B-West. I, I kind of <laughs> I felt like uh, Justin Herbert and that and that Chargers offense was able to move the football. I guess it go back to what I was saying about some of the coverage choices. Um, they made some adjustments uh, later on, but early on it was it was a little shaky. Like they was just giving up way too many deep balls and, uh, underneath. But you know they made the adjustment. I think I think they could have pulled that game out if it weren't for the mix and fumble. Yeah, because uh, uh, I, I like I. I was proud of him, I'll be honest. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not one of the moral victories, but, you know, an old Bengals team being down 24-0, would have, they would have folded yeah, and just packed sure. it in. You know, so, I, you know, I was proud of the boys for uh, keep fighting, but it ain't turned out how we wanted to turn out. They did struggle a little bit, like I said, early on, but it was key adjustments made, and that's that's what I like to see, you know, with a with a growing team that they are yeah. right now. Is, uh, are they able to make the adjustments and are they able to keep fighting and push it forward? Now, Christian, you know the Bengals, they got a high-powered offense led by Joe Burrow. He got 23 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. He's thrown for over 3,100 passing yards. He's completing 68% of his passes. They got Jamar Chase. They got T. Higgins. They got Uzama, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon in the backfield. So how important is it for your 49ers defensively to contain this Bengals high-powered offense? Let me tell you something, Trey. <laughs> Man, nobody on that offense that makes me nervous. Nobody. <laughs> nobody on that offense makes me nervous. No. At all. <laughs> Ain't nobody on that offense make me nervous. You know Not Jamar Chase? Jamar Chase in the last five games at 55 yards a game in the last five games. Yeah. We, got a guy, we got a guy named Kwan Shark Williams, best, best nickel corner in the league. I really don't think Jamar. I, I'm not worried about I Jamar. Heard, I ain't never heard of dude. Okay, that's fine. Look him up. You'll find him. Look him up. It's okay. Where you, where uh, you go to college at? Where you go to college at? Look him up. For himself. So I, I hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, Trey, yeah. I'll, let, I'll let your brother talk. Can I? Can I say my? Yeah, my like you do. You do it. Nah, I'm not, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just wondering. Nah, it's you know, okay. this, this, this is what I want, though. I want that. But go ahead. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't want. I want your brother to kind of get his piece out. I wanted to kind of. <laughs> I wanted to just say what I had to say in regards to those bums down there. So anyway, my point is this. So, um, you know, your brother talked about moral victories and he proud of them for going to – see, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I come from winners. We don't have moral victories in San Francisco. Moral victory is not something we, we – I'm, I'm not proud of Jimmy Garoppolo leading us down the field to get, get the ball batted down at the four-yard line left. We should have beat them bums and beat them last week. We had turnovers and things happened. I'm not yeah. a moral victory guy. I'm about wins and losses. Two years ago, we came into Cincinnati and beat them 30, 45 to 17 with the same head coach. Obviously, obviously different, different quarterback. Obviously, right. some different players were not there. Yeah. Y'all lost to the Jets with Robert Salah's defense, who's the same quarterback we had last year. We have the same scheme as Robert Salah, but with, with better players. Yeah. There is nobody on that squad that scares me. 
Jamar Chase don't scare me. Mixon don't scare me. Tyler Boyd don't scare me. T. Higgins don't scare me. If we do, if we control the football, play common football in all three phases of the game, all pro ferret is back. All pro. I mean, so you know, um, Moses Moses is going to hunt all. The, the, the Chargers had a pass rush without Joey Bosa last week. They sacked Burrow six times without Joey Bosa. Yeah. So what are you going to think when Nick is on the hunt? <laughs> what you going to think when a healthy Nick Bosa is on the hunt against that sad offensive line? What do you think Burrow going to do against him with Bosa on the hunt? So that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not into moral victories and blah, blah, blah. I'm proud of my boy 24. Nah, nah. We into winning. We, we win football games in San Francisco. We win football games. And I got guys on my team that are hungry. I got guys on my team who are pissed off. Nope, they have no answer for, for Debo, no answer for Kittle, no answer for BA. We have a, a solid run game. We have a solid, we have a solid offense. Garoppolo needs not, not turn the ball over and just be solid. If we're solid, we win, we win by two touchdowns. And that's just what that's where I'm at with it. I'm not gonna give names for people at the college and all that type of stuff. For what? I'm all yeah. I'm all about results. <laughs> results. <laughs> okay, and, the, so and the results are the Bengals are an underdog at home against a traveling team coming from the West Coast. They're underdog at home. And they shouldn't have flexed <laughs> that game to 430 because now we're playing at one o'clock our time. It doesn't, it doesn't make it, it's just it doesn't stack up for the good for the Bengals. It don't stack up for I thought, it, for was, I thought it was a 425 kickoff. Yes, it is. It was flexed from 130 to one o'clock to 425. Oh, yeah. Right, you're right. Yep, it was. That's advantage who? Niners. <laughs> That's advantage us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They should have made it at one, one o'clock and we didn't play the 10 o'clock game, you know, our time. So again, you know, I'm not into the moral victories, what school we went to, all that type of stuff. I'm into results. And yeah. those are going to be ass-whooping Niners, Bengals. That's all, that's all it's about. I'm going to respond here in a bit. b West, you want to respond? It is what it is, my guy. I never said I was into moral victories. I if you If you listen to me, I said I'm not into moral victories. <laughs> so so don't twist my words first and foremost and you know i'm happy you're into results because the results gonna be different you're dealing with a different bingo team you're dealing with a different animal this ain't the old bingles dog you could miss me with all that rah rah we the old 49ers we got ronnie lot out there blah 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 all that woo 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 living in the past like like a true <laughs> die hard fan you know what i'm saying we talking about right now we ain't talking about two years ago when y'all came in here and did whatever. We talking about this year. I ain't bringing up last year. I ain't bringing up the year before. We talking about this year. And this year, we different. And we built different. And we going to show you on Sunday. Now, let me That's say this real quick. Let me say this real quick, B-West, because I, I think in order for the Bengals to have a chance of winning this game, like, I think an important factor is going to be Joe, Joe Mixon in the running game, because I thought – Y'all was able to establish the run against the Raiders a few weeks ago. He had 30 carries, 123 rushing yards. And then against Pittsburgh, 28 carries, 165 rushing yards, two touchdowns. So I think we're getting into December football. And I will give the Niners credit from this perspective, B-West. I'm not going to disrespect the 49ers because they didn't broke my quarterback and my Packers hearts many years in the playoffs. So, Christian, I got respect for your 49ers. I'll be honest. Like, if it wasn't for the damn, them damn Niners, I know Aaron Rodgers will have at least one more Super Bowl. Can I know I, he can would. I say, but, can I say something? But, but, the 49ers broke my heart many a times in the 80s. So, I, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, it is, it is what it is. It is. But, but, but I, think, I think in order to slow down that pass rush with Bosa, I think you got to run the football with Joe Mixon. So that you say what, B-West? I mean, I, I said that in the beginning. I said if we, could, if we can establish – 
what we did against Pittsburgh. Not saying 49ers of Pittsburgh, because Pittsburgh is on the on the downside for real. But if we can establish a run game like that and and play bully ball up front and control yeah. control the game in that aspect, I think that it just opened up, you know, more of the offense for for the Bengals and Joe Burrow. Yeah, and I think we get, you know, we're in December football. We're getting close to playoff time, fellas. And y'all know when you in the playoffs, you got to be able to run that football. I mean, you can't rely on Joe Burrow dropping back to pass 34, 5, 40 times a game. You got to run that football. And I will admit, the 49ers in the past, they have had a good rushing attack. I know, Christian, earlier in the season, y'all lost Mozart for the season. And I think Mozart is a great back in that system under Kyle Shanahan. Uh, you got to be able to run that football, man. And that's why I'm excited about the Packers, because I think we got Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, a nice duo at the running back position for the Packers. So you got to be able to run that rock. And I think that's important for the Bengals moving forward for the rest of the season. And they might have an opportunity to be West if they win the AFC North to host the home playoff game. And we in Cincinnati. It's cold. It's going to be snowing. You can't pass the football all over the yard you know, in playoff, in the playoffs. So I think that establishing that running game is de- definitely important. No, nah, I agree. I agree with you. I mean, I, I'm, you know, me, I coached. So, you know, I like, and I coach running back. So I like running the ball. So once yeah. you, you can establish that, that that's, that's the key to everything for me. Now, Christian, I will admit the Bengals do have the advantage when it comes to the quarterbacks. Joe Burrow is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. So how do you believe the 49ers game plan need to be to attack that Bengals defense. So offensively, how do you feel like Kyle Shanahan should put together his game plan? I think we do what we did against, against uh, the Rams. I think that you, you are, and also against uh, Minnesota. Yeah. You had two opening drives that were 18, 19 play, you know, 12, 11, 12 minute drives. And that wears on the defense. And then your offense obviously gets stagnant. Um, I think to, to your brother's point, also to your point, I mean, I think that when you get in December football, um, like I, I say all the time, it's cute to win in September and October. And yeah. you know, it's, cute, it's cute to win in those, in those two, two and a half months. Yeah. But, but, but then when you start winning in December, that's when you, that's when football starts and you have to be able to be able to, you know, play again, establish the run, be stout on D, get, get off the field on third down. Um, I think the key would be, is that you have to stop mixing up up front. You can't let Mixon get up. Mixon is an emotional. I like Mixon. I like Joe Mixon a lot, actually. I respect him. Me too. I I, I respect him once he gets going. Um, I I think once he gets going, he's an emotional guy. Once he gets going, you know, um, but if you stop him, you can frustrate him. Um, I think think he's he's also emotional and doesn't keep his head sometimes. And I think that that kind of plays into him fumbling or, or, or missing easy screen passes or whatever else. So yeah. I think frustrating him will be will be key. Um, I think also, and I hate to, I don't like cats getting hurt, but Burrow has a has a messed up pinky finger. You know what I'm saying? I mean, which which affected his throws on Sunday. After, I did. Um, I mean, just look at the pinky finger. So that affected his throws. So I mean, he has a hurt finger. So that could play a factor on Sunday as well. Um, obviously, when cats trying to strip sack the ball or whatever else, um, so that could play a factor. Um, I think what we have to do to um, to make sure that we are um, in this game, especially on the road, is establish the run. Um, you know, get off get off the field on third down. Uh, make sure that we keep we put um, we, we we stop the run on their end and put Joe Burrow in third and long situations. We cannot have yeah. penalties. We can't have um, you know penalties in the secondary. That's our, that's our weakest link right now. Unfortunately, our best our best corner um, 
our best corner um, is um, is out with a high ankle sprain. So we got two. We got we got Josh Norman and we got um, the uh, Lemonor from uh, Oregon starting. You know, so which I like him, but he's but he's a rookie. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that may you know I'm, I'm pretty sure that Zach Zach um, Thomas and well, Coach Staff and the Bengals are going to you know probably exploit that with T or Jamar whoever else. So we got to make sure we get pressure on Burrow that we get him in third off situations and, and just play solid D. And that's what we got to do. And I think we can do that. Um, I, I like. I'm really encouraged by what I saw when we played against the Rams. It was OBJ's first game. Robert uh, Robert Woods is an I mean, OBJ is a Robert Woods, but has a, obviously a big loss for them. But very encouraged when, when we played the Rams. So if we can have that similar game plan. Um, obviously, the Rams have a running game like the Bengals do. But if we can have a similar game, um, force Burrow some bad throws. Um, I really, I really, I'm really encouraged for what I saw against uh, the Chargers. The Chargers yeah. that got a pass rush without Joey Bosa. And Nick Bosa's Nick Bosa is better than Joey Bosa. <laughs> so um, you know, so if the Bengals, if the Bengals can't block on Sunday, it's gonna be a long day for Joey, I mean, for, for Joe Burrow. It's gonna be a long day. If they can't block and they can't run, it's gonna be a long day for Joe um, for, for, um, for Joe Burrow. Long day. Yeah. B West, I know you gotta run. I think one of the key injuries in this game, too, is the, your Bengals not having Logan Wilson. You know, he got injured. I think he's going to be a key loss. For your Bengals defense, B West, before you get out of here, you want to talk about that real quick? That is a key loss, but I also feel like when I was, you know, as as we was, you know, discussing and talking here, I was just thinking like, you know, that's a key loss, but I really think somebody like Jesse Bates gotta gotta step up. He hasn't yeah. had a game this year where he's he's really been a dude out there. Like he's kind of been just out there. And I don't know if it's the contract situation all in his head or, or yeah. what, but he got to play a lot better. That's what I'm looking forward to, you know, stepping up hopefully this week. Um, I know Logan Wilson has been a key factor for us this year, but I'm like, I'm like next man up. Hopefully, you know, that don't, it don't show itself, but I really looking forward for Jesse Pace to step up more than anybody else on that defensive side of the ball. And to your point, B. West, Jesse Bates got completely mossed, as we call it, the young folks, we call it moss by Jalen Guyton when Herbert rolled out to his right, threw all the way across the field. And I'm like, Jesse Bates was in prime position to intercept the ball, and Guyton went right over him, caught the touchdown pass. And honestly, though, watching the game, fellas, I do believe that Joe Burrow played better than Justin Herbert last week. I, I thought I thought Herbert had some plays where it was like 50-50 balls, and the Chargers receivers were able to win those 50-50 balls and it was able to score touchdowns. But I thought Joe Burrow, honestly – even with that bad pinky, Christian, that you mentioned earlier, I thought Joe Burrow played pretty good given the circumstances and given the fact they was down on the scoreboard early in that game. I mean, they was down 24-0 until your point earlier, B. West. In the past, previous Bengal teams would have pretty much given up and said, this ain't our day, we're going to lose. And the fact that the Bengals were able to come back in that game shows you this is a different Bengals team. And if it wasn't for that Joe Mixon fumble to start the fourth quarter, I think the Bengals would have went ahead in that game and would have went on to beat the Chargers. And I thought the Chargers was going to win coming into the game. I picked them. But I thought the Bengals had all the momentum before that Joe Mixon fumble. Agreed. Um, I watched the game. Um, I do think that um, I was I was like, okay, it was up 24-0, 24-3, something like that. And then the Bengals, and then obviously they started to make this momentum and they that fumble while I was turning the point in the game. Yeah. Um, However, I mean, but that's that's football. Yeah. You have to, have to make sure that you don't turn that ball over. And if you turn the ball over, as we saw in my Niners last week, I mean, we had three turnovers 
and then you, then you have, then you have a, a special. If you're not playing community football, you're gonna. It's really tough to win in the National Football League. I don't care if you play the Jacksonville Jaguars, Houston Texans, or the um the Bucks or the Bucks or the Packers. If you're not playing good football in all three phases of the game, it's it's tough to win football games in the NFL. And I really feel like I did not know that Logan Wilson was out. And I really feel that's going to be tough because who's going to somebody has to step up. But who's who is going to I mean who's going to be able to account for um, for Debo Samuels or, or for or for George Kittle or yeah. anybody else in that middle? You got a backup playing against all pros. So if we don't turn the ball over and we establish the run, we will beat the Bengals by, by two touchdowns. I just feel we're, we're, we're that much better. Um, I'm not saying this is a fan. I'm saying because again, you're missing complementary pieces. You're missing a guy like Luke I mean, Logan Wilson who probably could match up with pretty good with, with, with George Kittle. Now you yeah. got a backup going against an all-pro. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? Arguably the top three tight end in the league who's who's hungry, who's pissed off. So I watched the, I, I, I'm on all of the practice feeds and everything else. He's pissed. Debo's pissed. Yeah. Everybody, I'm not saying the big ones are not pissed either. I'm not saying that either. But I think it's going to be an intensity that we're going to bring um, and then you got a coach who's just irritated all the time anyway with Kyle yeah. Shanahan. He's just, you know, frustrated. So so I think it's gonna be I think it'll be a good game, but I think we're gonna come out on top. Real quick, B West. Yeah. I want to talk about your coach real quick. You can chime in on this, Christian, if you want. You know, here in Cincinnati, I listen to Bingo fans talk about the team. And I hear a lot of Bingo fans question whether or not Zach Taylor is the head coach that can lead this Bingo's team back to the playoffs. And on a deep playoff run, I mean, his record as the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, he 13, 30, and one. So he's won 31% of his games. But I see a lot of Bengal fans questioning Zach Taylor as a head coach and his play calling at different moments during games. How do you feel about Zach Taylor as the head coach for this Cincinnati Bengals team? And do you believe he is the head coach that could lead this Bengals team on a playoff run? So what? Uh, I go back and forth with it, if I could be. <laughs> Completely honest. Yeah. You, know, you you see me on, on on social media. Like sometimes I'm just like as a coach myself, like I just be mind blown at some of the the play calls and the decision making at times. Yeah. And I think that's that's one of his downfalls and he has to grow um as a coach and especially at the highest level with the pros. Like sometimes I just wonder like what his mindset be like late in the game, like we seen it. We all watched the game last week, like right before halftime, how pissed Joe Burrow was with not getting the play in quick enough to try to, you know, maybe get some quick points before the half. Like, yeah. Back coming up to him, trying to, you know, say, I don't know what he said to him, but he looked like he was trying to reassure him, like, man, my bad, or, you know, something like, you know, I was trying to do this or do that. And, you know, sometimes it just looked bad, especially on TV. You like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, but to really answer your question, do I feel like he can lead us? I think he can get us there with the pieces he done established and kind of, you know, it's what, th year three, building that, building his culture and getting his people and uh, players that he wanted there. But I don't know how how substantial it can be for me. Like, the jury is still out for me on that. You know, it, yeah. it's going to come down to his decision-making and how, you know, we go into the offseason and add more pieces to the puzzle. What you think about uh, Zach Taylor as a head coach, Christian? I think he has good assistants around him. I don't. Th I don't think he's a. I think he's a guy who knows how to or put a good a staff around him to make him probably look better than what he actually is. That's my opinion. Yeah. Um, I think that. Uh, do I th do I think that he's a head coach? Not really. I think a guy. I mean, was he a special teams coach or something like that before he got that job? Um, I think there are a lot of other coaches that are. I mean, Eric Bieniemy 
bring, uh, bring some mind. I can think of some other coaches that probably would be better off than him. But I think he has yeah. good, good assistance around him to probably make him, you know, to elevate. And he has like, obviously you have playmaker, you have a quarterback, playmakers around you, you know. So I think the play calling to your brother's point um, is questionable at times. I'm watching like, why is he? Why did he call that? He's <laughs> like, why? Why did? So I, you know, so I think he doesn't make the best decisions. He's not innovative, in, in my opinion, when it comes to scheme or, you know, I'm not saying the things are predictable, but nothing that he does oh, he calls that, you know, um, that makes me like, oh, that was a hell of a play. I mean, it's, it's more so about, I think, the playmakers that he has. Make, he has playmakers. There are guys yeah. on that team who make plays, you know, based off the limited play calling that, 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 he, that he has. And I think you have playmakers who make plays. Versus, yeah. I think, my offense, Shanahan is, a, is an amazing you know, play caller, a scheme guy, where I don't think that Zach Taylor or even his team schemes anybody open. You got playmakers who are you know on that on that Bengal squad that who make plays yeah. um, versus play calling. Who you know, but he's not. But again, Zach Taylor to me is not scheming anybody open. He's not. He's just to me pedestrian. He just has good assistance around him and also playmakers. They draft pretty well. So right. that's my opinion. And I, and I and I think honestly, Christian. Coaches like Kyle Shanahan, who scheme guys open, Sean McVay, scheme guys open. I think you can even throw in Matt LaFleur now. Or my Packers yeah. head coach. I think he's proven now as being a great head coach. But yeah. B West, I think Zach Taylor, Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Chargers. I think coaches like those two are trying to prove themselves to be good quality coaches like Sean McVay like Kyle Shanahan, and like a Matt LaFleur. You know, we got in the NFL now, all these coaches think they can coach offense, think they can scheme guys open. And I think McVay, LaFleur, and Shanahan has proven themselves to be those type of coaches. You agree with that, B-West? I agree with both what you both just said. I just wonder sometimes what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes yeah. I can look at what he about to, you know, what, what the situation is. Like, especially third down, he want to scream you to death. And I'm like, dude, why are you calling the screen in this such far distance? Like, you ain't gonna, we ain't gonna break that. Like, right. Man, it's, it's like sometimes it's like, dog, what are you, why are you calling that? Like, as we like not to, not to bring the Bearcats in it, like, I'd be thinking about Dumbrack, uh, coach, uh, OC at uh, Bearcats. Sometimes I'd be wondering what he's doing. Yeah. Like, bro, if you don't just put your foot on their neck, <laughs> you yeah. call, he calling these plays like you know sometimes i just be wondering what what they mindset be and like is that in their game plan and they just throwing stuff up against the wall to see if it sticks yeah and last week fellas i remember in the game against the chargers i think the Bengals was they was trying to go for two they wasn't able to get the play call in soon enough and then play call got down i think they ended up getting the flag on the play then they end up, up attempting the extra point they missed the extra point <laughs> And I'm like, hey, if you're going to go for two, you got to make a quick decision, have your play call into Burrow, so that way he can give the play call to the rest of the teammates in the offense in the huddle and run the play. They didn't get the play call in soon enough. They go on and miss the extra point. Uh, and I'm like, wow, that was a, a crazy, crazy part in that game. So real quick, fellas, we got it's time. It's time. So I'm going to start off with you, Christian. Give me a prediction for this Sunday afternoon matchup at Paul Brown Stadium for your 49ers against these Bengals. I know you're going to be in the house. You're going to be down there, Paul Brown. So give me your score for the game Sunday. 34-20, Niners. 34-20. <laughs> Who gonna, let me ask you this. Who is going to be the most outstanding player 
for your Niners? I think I think I think Kittle will. I honestly think Kittle will. Um, I think the um, the Logan Wilson's out. Um, I think that we will exploit that. Um, look for a lot of. Um, I think what's going to happen is is that you're going to um, the Bills will, will load the box. They know we're going to run the ball. They're yeah. going to load the box, and I really feel like we're going to do a lot of different uh, in the rounds, a lot of different uh, you know jet jet sweeps. Uh, we're going to do a lot of stuff with Debo, and I think it's going to be a lot of things to Kittle that will you know leak out, block, fake block, leak out to the um, to the scene, little play action. Um, you know, interesting stat. And all side, again, I'm not going to we'll do revisionist history. The Bengals, I mean, um, Garoppolo was 10 of 10 two years ago with play action passes, 10 of 10. Yeah. So, you know, if we can establish the run, and I don't care if we're just getting three yards, three yards, four yards to carry. We're establishing the run and making the, making baits and some other, um, you know, cities come up and we go over the top. I really feel like Kittle will have a pretty much another another gimmick he did last last week. And not, not to mention, he did that against Bobby Wagner. He had yeah. nine catches, 189 yards against Bobby Wagner, who one of the best in the business. Is, is the best of the best. Yeah. So, sure. so you know, again, and this talks about going back to Zach Wilson and the defense and everything else. You're missing your best linebacker, probably your best guy on defense is out. Yeah. And you have you have to account for a top three tight end who put up 189 yards against Bobby Wagner. It's gonna be a long day for them Bengals on Sunday. What you got, B West? Uh, I'm gonna go uh, 31-21 Bengals. 31-21. We both got high scoring games, fellas. Regardless if we missing uh, Wilson or not, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't feel like one person gonna make a break. I mean, we can't we came back against the Chargers without him. No, if it weren't for a mix and fumble, it wasn't him that lost us. Most outstanding player for your Bengals in the victory, B West. I'm gonna go with uh, CJ Uzama. He do for another game, man. People sleep on him, man. You look at you look at some of these key games that they won. He was he was a key factor. Yeah, he was a key factor because everybody's gonna be keying on Chase. Everybody gonna now see Higgins having you know two outstanding games. They are gonna be looking at him. You know Tyler Boyd. He do what he do. Don't sleep on CJ Uzama. We talking about Kendall. CJ. Now I'm not not comparing the two. I'm just saying like it's it's gonna be up to the tight ends on both. You yeah. know, and they probably have outstanding games. And it's gonna be who gonna stop which one of them. Yeah, and, and honestly, fellas, I can't talk about enough the importance of this game. Both of these teams trying to get into the playoffs. You know, both these teams are occupying one of the three wild card spots in the AFC and the NFC. Niners six and six on the season. Christian, unfortunately, I don't believe your Niners are going to win the NFC West. I think it's a wrap for that. We West the Bengals, you know, they seven and five. I think the Bengals got an opportunity to win the AFC North. I tell you a key matchup the day after Christmas, Paul Brown Stadium, Lamar coming to town. That's going to decide who wins the AFC North, whether it be the Ravens or the Bengals. So this game is important for both teams, fellas. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I so, think we're, that- so, so let me ask you this, Christian. Even though you know the Niners going to beat the Bengals on Sunday, do you think the Bengals are going to be a playoff team? So, I do. I really feel like the Denver game and the KC game, those two games, and then the way – I really feel the Bengals can literally lose four out of the next five games. And I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just really speaking on regards to who they have to play. I think yeah. it can actually match up well with, with, with Baltimore. I mean, the way they beat Baltimore was, you know, was, was a shellacker. Now – I think Cleveland put a clinic up. I mean, Cleveland really – and they played them actually in Cleveland um, in, in, that, in, that, in that last game of the season. Yeah. They played KC here. 
Yep. But Mahomes, you have to be able to tame Mahomes, which is a t- no tall order. And then Denver's defense is a really good defense. So I think the I, I, if the Bengals win 10 games, I think they probably will make the playoffs. Yep. But I've always said this. If the Bengals go 8-9, and nine, in, my, in my opinion, that's a good season. Um, because, I mean, they, they won four games last year. So if you win eight games this year, it's 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 a I mean I'll, I you know it's a building block and you and you go four and two in division, you know it's still a building block to next year because nobody's put them to be a playoff team this year. See, I disagree with you. If they finish eight nine. That's a disappointment from what really? we see because because, because and B West maybe you can attest to this. This Bengal team is actually pretty good. They can't finish eight nine. They got real expectations now. I think again no. I agree with you. I think if they finish eight nine. That ain't gonna get you into the playoffs in the AFC, especially when you got right. teams like the Miami Dolphins who are on a five-game right. winning streak right now. Right. Uh, you got the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, it's a lot of teams right now in the AFC who are trying to get into the playoffs. I, I think, with given the fact that they got expectations now, that's realistic. They can't finish eight nine. If they get the ten wins, though, to your point, I think they get in. But I think looking at their schedule, I think they'll beat the Browns in Week 18 because I think by that time. Baker Mayfield and the Browns, they're going to pretty much throw in the towel and say the season's over. So I think the Bengals will beat the Browns. I think they should beat the Broncos in week 15, but that could be a tough matchup going out there in Denver. That's, um, that's my whole yeah, yeah. Yeah, that could yeah. be tough. And then week 17 against the Chiefs, they're going up against Mahomes. We know the Chiefs are trying to get the number one seed in the AFC and have the road to the Super Bowl go through Arrowhead. So that's a game the Bengals could lose. So I think they got to beat the Broncos, though. They got to beat the Browns, and they got to man. They they got to beat. They got to beat the Niners. They got to. I mean, they got the, the Niners. The Niners, Ravens, and Chiefs are all three losable games. But they but they got to get one of those. If they get one of those, I think they get in. What you think, B? Let's get out of here. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna go back like the eight and nine. Like, yeah, I feel you. Like that, we got to have higher expectations. You know, especially going from where we've been at. Um, it's like I tell other bigger fans, man, y'all got to stop being okay with me. Not just being happy with, you know, the little little wins that we've been having, man. It's time to have higher expectations. Because this team has shown that they can do it. Yeah. Now, it's back, now it's back to what I said earlier. It's got to be consistent. It's got to be a consistent thing. You know? And I think uh, Joe Burrow is, is one of, that brings that kind of attitude and swag to that locker room. Not just not not even just Zach Taylor. I, I feel like it's more of a Joe Burrow thing. Like he comes in from LSU when the national championship undefeated. Like I just think, you know, he just bring that 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 moxie. Like I'm a winner and I'm I'm not settling for less. Like one thing I felt like I seen um in the Chargers game, like when he scored that run touchdown and hurt his finger, he, he looked at him shaking his hand like, bro, we ain't did nothing yet. And that's what I like to see. Like he got that attitude, like, bro, we didn't celebrate, we ain't even did. Like, we still down. We yeah. still fight. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, if we could, you know, like y'all, we were just saying, like, we could pull out some of these games, but I feel like what's gonna be key is really the division games. That's yeah. gonna that's gonna that's gonna be the key to whether they, you know, win the AFC North or not. You know what I'm saying? Not saying the other games don't matter. Like all these games matter, especially the AFC matchups, like the Chiefs and the Broncos. Yeah. You know what I'm so, it's just all about who show up that day. <laughs> For who sure. Show up that day as the biggest. You know what I mean? Now, before we get out of here, fellas, go ahead and shout out your social media. I'm gonna start off with you, B West. Shout out your social media for everybody. For everybody can follow you and stuff. Uh, on which one? Twitter. Which one? Twitter. All of it. Twitter uh, at Coach B Westbrook at Get Everything You. 
Same, both, same for Instagram. Can't mess it up. That's Coach Beast Westbrook and Eric, uh, get everything in. Yeah, all right, Christian. I, I think you, are you a uh, personal trainer here in the city? No, man. <laughs> I'll be thinking you'd be doing personal training, man. I got to. Nah, I, I, man, nah, nah, okay. nah, nah, nah. So before I get into that, I want to do this real quick, um, if I could. Um, okay. I want to dedicate my, you know, you bring me on the show to my my, my late aunt, Susan Bradley, who was a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. She's looking down from above on this podcast. She's a big, big football fan. I wanted to give her a shout. She passed away about four or five years ago, but um, I wanted to, you know, it's a family thing. I wanted to just, you know, my family was watching this podcast, so I wanted to obviously give a shout out to my family. Sure. And, and so, um, so love you, tweet. Um, so, um, also my, my social media is uh, Chris, the Christian Bradley at um, the Christian Bradley at um, on Instagram. Um, Facebook is my name, and I have a, 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 a business called Fly to the Low, which is more so of a, um, a consulting business for men as far as how to help men dress. Sorry about that. Um, so yeah. go on that that site as well. And uh, thanks, man, for having me on the show. Really enjoyed um, the conversation. Um, also, B West enjoyed you as well, brother. Hope um, I'm sure I'll see you tailgating downtown um, on Saturday, on Sunday, and and uh, be um, you know. To the best to, to the best team win and victory go to spoilers. Go Niners. For no sure. For sure. You, won't, you won't see you won't see me down there. I got some prior obligations. So I'll be watching mobile. So um, you know, enjoy, bro. But don't be disappointed. Don't be like my man over here when this team <laughs> moves and go on witness protection. I'm gonna be I'm, I'm gonna hit you up. I'm telling you, every time hey, every time lose, every time follow through. I got a missing paper. I got a missing yeah. thing. I, I, I post up every time, like Trey, bro. His Packers, his Packers lose. You hear from this guy at all, boy? You hear from for two or three days. Man, I'm talking about a month. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think I'm in 2020 the NFC Championship game. When I just beat the crap out of him, I ain't hear from Trey for like two weeks. Right. I hear from him about two weeks. He don't answer no phone call, no nothing, like. <laughs> He going straight with this. Yeah, I be sorry, man. I be sorry. I when the Packers lose, man, I be depressed. I be telling them, if the Packers lose in the playoffs, I be like, I ain't watching no Super Bowl for what? Nah, I know watching it, though. But, yeah, I, I definitely do be sorry. Real quick, Christian, what's your score? 34-21 Niners. 34-21 Niners. BWS, you got 31-21, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so Christian Bradley, he got his Niners beating the Bengals 34-21. BWS got his Bengals beating the 49ers. 31-21, going to be a great game at Paul Brown Stadium Sunday afternoon, fellas. I'm going to bring y'all both on again, like, here soon, because I love this. I like talking some football with both of you, man. Like, I, I we can do this more often if you guys are down, for sure. Absolutely. I'm Absolutely. Down. Let me know anytime, please. Let me know. For sure. I had, I had a good time. Enjoy myself. All right. Have a good one. All right. Thanks. Man. Thanks, y'all. Bye. That was Christian Bradley, diehard fan of the San Francisco 49ers. My man, Brian Westbrook, former co-host of the Wise Guys Sports Show, diehard Cincinnati Bengals fan. I'm going to bring both of them back on here soon, talk some NFL football. Got the playoffs coming up. It's a possibility. Christians, Niners, B-West, Bengals, and my Packers will be in the postseason. So I got to bring those two on to talk some football and talk about the NFL playoffs that are upcoming. Everybody remember going to follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H, also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. I'm going to come on tomorrow night and give you all my NFL Week 14 Wise Picks for this week. And I'm going to talk some more sports. I'm going to talk about Anthony Davis and the Lakers. Is he the biggest issue right now with the Los Angeles Lakers struggling? Also, Steve Kerr, 
compares Steph Curry to Michael Jordan. Was he right or was he wrong? I'm going to talk about that on tomorrow night's show. Have a great night. I'm Trey Larkin signing off. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.